Hello all, welcome to the Reimagining Podcast with your hosts Kamon Joroge and today we are celebrating this day, we are commemorating this day where we will celebrate one of the African heroes and I am happy to be joined by a great friend of mine, over to you. Uh, uh, thank you for having me and um, it is a privilege to be here for the commemoration of uh, one of the greatest African leaders that I ever lived, you know, Captain Thomas Sankara, you know. And I am a political activist based in Nigeria and a, pay, uh, a final year student of accounting. And I would, I would, I'm, I'm, I'm very glad to, 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 to be here with you. Um, thank you. Uh, maybe you can tell our listeners your name because you've not yet introduced yourself. <laughs> All right. My name is Aino Ademola. Aino Ademola. I'm, I'm a Nigerian indigenous. Oh, thank you. So now let us delve into the conversation right away. Maybe you'd tell us how you came to know of uh, Thomas Sankara. How did you come to encounter him? Well, before, let me just talk before, okay. Before I became conscious, before I attained political consciousness, you know, I used to listen to one of the um, biggest African artists that ever lived, you know, the originator and the grand composer of Afrobeats, you know. Fela Kuti, you know, I used to listen to Fela Kuti, and there's, there are some times in the songs he mentions some kind of great African people. And to feed my curiosity, you know, I, 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 I go to buy books and, you know, I, I read a lot about, I read a lot of materials about them. So he mentions people like Thomas Sankara, people like Patrice Lebumba, people like Sekuture, you know, people like Steve Biko, you know, and the host of, host of all other immortalized freedom fighters, you know. So, Anytime I hear things like that, I just go to Google, get some books, get some materials, and read about them. So that was how I came across Captain Thomas Sankara of Burkina Faso. Um, thank you, thank you. I think that is even more interesting if you came to know of them through music. So now I'd like us to delve into, into the life of uh, this legend, this hero, because I want you to give us a context of what was happening or what happened and what led to him being whom we remember him for being the leader of Burkina Faso. So kindly take us through that. Well, I believe that Tumor Sankara's ideology is something that must be rejuvenated in this current um, Africa political milieu, you know. So Sankara schooled in Madagascar he had military training in Madagascar. So even under the regime, the military junta of Colonel Zebu, Sankara was Minister of Information, you know. 
at a very tender age. You know, he was already participating in politics at a very, very tender age. So it was he attained political consciousness quite early. So while in Madagascar, he read some um, some material, he read Marx and the Lenin. So that was when he became a Marxist-Leninist. You know, so and arriving in Burkina Faso, he was appointed as Minister of Information by Colonel Zebo, and which he eventually resigned because. The political surrounding around that time did not fit into his principles. So he was Minister of Information and he was transparent enough to allow the journalists to publish whatever they felt was needed to be published. So thus, the scandals of the government were revealed to the public. And Colonel Zebo and his military junta cabinet were, were, were not comfortable with that. So Sankara resigned saying uh, misfortune to those who gag the people. So... Sankara's uprightness as is something that, that 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 can be traced from a very very you know a very very long time you know I believe I don't believe Sankara. Um, I don't. Sorry to interrupt. Right. Sorry to interrupt you. So maybe you'd give us before now we reach to the point where he's the minister for information in the military junta. Maybe you can kindly classify to us what led to the military junta. Maybe the state of Burkina Faso before Sankara becomes the Minister for Information, so that we can get some context into the into this uh, matter. Which 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 military junta is that? Is it Colonel Zebu military junta or Burkina Faso? Yes. The, Colonel Zebu, right? The, yes. Well, before Colonel Zebu became the, um, the, the president, the head of state of Burkina Faso, you know, Burkina Faso gained around 1960, I get, by um, by Colonel um, Maurice Yamogo. Maurice Yamogo was the first president of Burkina Faso, you know, under the party of Voltaic Demo Democratic Union, you know, around 1960 to 1966. Then after that, Colonel Sangol Lamizana became um, the president. He overthrew the government and he became president in 1980. He suspended the constitution and disposed the National Assembly. Then, in, 19, in mm. 1980, in 1978 to 1980, Colonel Namizana was re-elected as president of Burkina Faso. So, in the Colonel Zebo overthrew Colonel Namizana around around the same time because there were there were just little time interference between them. So Colonel Zebo became president after overthrowing Colonel Namizana. So under Colonel Zebo's administration, Sankara was appointed as Minister of Information. Um, thank you. So now it is after these, it is after these now that Sankara resigned. So what happens after Sankara has resigned? Well, after Sankara resigned, there was some there were uprisings in Burkina Faso that led to the overthrow of Jimba. Colonel Zebo, because after after Sankara resigned, you know, the military junta was still intact. Then after some time, there was a kind of military mutiny, you know, within the army, and Colonel Zebo was overthrown by Major Jim Batiste. You know, after Major Jim Jim Batiste overthrew uh, Colonel Zebo, Major Jim Batiste, you know, appointed Sankara as Prime Minister. So that was when Sankara became the Prime Minister of Burkina Faso and also the head of the leftists. Because after Colonel, um, uh, after Colonel Jim Bat after Major Jim Batiste became overthrew Colonel Zebu and became the head of state of, of Burkina Faso, you know, he set up 
a council of popular salvation, you know. And in the council of popular salvation, Sankara was the head of the leftists in the council of popular salvation, and also the prime minister of Burkina Faso. So now, how does now Sankara transition from being the prime minister to now being the president or the general leader of the Council of Salvation? What happens? You know, a, a, a dispute broke out, you know, between Sankara and the, and, and, the, and the government, you know. A dispute broke out that led to the house arrest of Thomas Sankara. That led to the house arrest of Thomas Sankara. So Thomas Sankara was imprisoned. He was under house arrest. And this led to a kind of reactionary seizure of power by a bloodless coup led by um, Kompaoge, Blaise Kompaoge. So it was Blaise Kompaoge that overthrew the government of Jim Batiste on behalf of Thomas Ankara. So there was a coup, a coup was done on behalf of Thomas Ankara. So after the government of Major Jim Batiste was overthrown, Sankara became the head of state of Burkina Faso at the age of 33 in 1983. So that was in 1983, aged 33. Exactly. We now find the Thomas Sankara as the leader of Burkina Faso. Yeah. So now, thank you for the context that you've given us because I think now we've established the historical context and you've even told us the leanings, his ideological leanings, that he was a leftist who had studied extensively the Marxist, Marxism and Leninism. So I think that is a very, very proper characterization. So kindly now take us through how what happens once now the coup Batista has been has been deposed and now Blaise Compaore has installed uh, Thomas Sankara, his friend, as president. So what now happens? Is there a rejuvenation of sorts of Burkina Faso as we know it? Thomas Sankara, as you know, is regarded, and which is actually a universal truth, you know, one of the best leaders that ever had. You know, before 1983, even when um, when when Maurice Yamogo, the first president of Burkina Faso, was was incumbent, was still the president of Burkina Faso. Burkina, Burkina Faso was not called Burkina Faso as it were. It was called Upper Volta, which, which was the colonial name that was given to, was given to them by, you know, by the French imperialists. You know. So as a Marxist-Leninist and as a conscious revolutionary, Thomas Sankara changed the name of Upper Volta, from Upper Volta to Burkina Faso. You know, Burkina Faso meaning the land of the incorruptible, you know. Because of Thomas Sankara's principles and because of his charisma, he was a charismatic leader. And he's often regarded as yeah. Africa's Chel Guevara, you know. Thomas Sankara changed Thomas Sankara changed the name from um Upper Volta to Burkina Faso, saying that we cannot continue to maintain a colonial structure. We have to rejuvenate the glory of Africa. So he changed the name from from Upper Volta to Burkina Faso, which I feel is something that is actually very, very imperative for all African countries that have broken away from the colonial yoke to do, you know. That's actually something that is very, very imperative for us to do. You know, there are, some, there are so many things that Thomas Ankara did during his rule as president, even though, even though he ruled for about four years, from 1983 to 1987, before he was overthrown in a bloodly coup by his friend that even seized power for, 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 on behalf of him in 1983. Um, Blaise Compaoge, you know, 
at the age of um, maybe before we go to what happens and how Sankara is killed and the coup that deposed him, maybe I think it is proper if you can give us the context of certain things that uh, Sankara implemented as part of his that reflect his ideology. What are some of the things that he did for Burkina Faso? Maybe take us to some of the things that he said, maybe Burkina Faso, you know, how Burkina Faso should develop, what is his idea of development uh, kindly. Okay, all right. Let me, let me, let me go through that. Ideologically, Tomo Sankara was a leftist, was a Marxist-Leninist, you know, he was a pan-Africanist, and being a leftist, being a Marxist-Leninist to be precise, Thomas Sankara usurped the land from the feudal landlords and nationalized them. You know, the petty bourgeoisies that were inherent in the political milieu of Burkina Faso were crushed. You know, Burkina Faso ensured that um, Thomas Sankara ensured that there was some sort of equality. You know, in his country, you know, you served, you served the land from the feudal landlords, nationalized them, you know, made an average Burkina, Burkina Bib citizen have access to land, you know. He created a kind of, Thomas Ankara was a feminist, ideologically, he was also a feminist, you know. He created a kind of atmosphere that empowered women, you know, a kind of women empowerment program, you know. Some political offices were given to women. He appointed women in some political posts. You know, he empowered women. Women, even in one of his books, um, um, uh, "Women Liberation and the African Freedom Struggle," Thomas Sankara stated clearly. He said, "Comrades, there is no revolution without the without the liberation of the women." You know, so this comes to show that Thomas Sankara is one is one of a leader that respected equal um, equality and human rights. So I believe that these are things that we need to, you know, rejuvenate in this current um, Africa that we are now. You know, Thomas Ankara also said, he said, dear women, you are our women, you are our mothers and life companions, our comrades in struggle. And because of this fact, you should by rights assert yourself as equal partners in the joyful victory feats, feats of, the, of, of the revolution. You know, so this has come to show that this is a great leader that puts aside patriarchy. This is a leader that, ens that ensured equality and all of those um, beautiful revolutionary stuff. You know, as a leader also, Thomas Ankaga set up a CDR. He was an admirer of the Cuban Revolution, the July 26th Revolution of 1958, led by Fidel Castro. Thomas Ankara was an admirer of, of the July 26th Revolution. So... Fidel Castro had a kind of CDR in Cuba, which was called the Committee for Defense of Revolution. The committee was created for some sort of revolutionary vigilance, you know, to crush counter-revolutionaries and reactionaries within the political, you know, setting. You know, Thomas Ankara made sure that he made something similar to that. He made a CDR, Committee for Defense of Revolution, for revolutionary vigilance. You know, and also, he also, he also um, encouraged local production. You know, he made sure that his, um, uh, that his staffs, the political staffs, were wearing Burkina, Burkina, Burkina Bay made clothes, were wearing Burkina Bay made products. He even also said, Thomas Ankara was a very smart person that knew that imperialism did not, did, did not act, does not actually really come in the form of invaders coming with arms and ammunition to come and invade a territory. You know, 
imperialism can also come in financial aid. Imperialism can come in the form of aids. Any form of aids from um from the uh, from the metropolitan countries can could also be imperialism. So that was why he encouraged a kind of local production, so they wouldn't they wouldn't have to borrow. You know, he also embarked on some sort of anti-imperialism rally. You know, that was major thing that caused the clash between Thomas Ankara and France because he pushed the odious debts. He refused to pay the odious debts that France that France allegedly said Burkina Faso owed them. You know, yeah. but before independence, you know, he said that he said that the oppressed cannot continue to pay the oppressed to pay the oppressor or the people doing the oppressing. You know, so I believe that that is something that is actually very very rational to do because these people are the ones that invaded the territory exploited labor, you know, decimated their resources, you know, degraded their people, and now they are still asking for some sort of compensation. For compensation for what? You know, it is actually the France that is supposed to be paying Burkina Faso as a reparation for the uh-huh. for the evil they committed. You know, so I believe that, that is something that so that's something that is so, very, very rational to do. You know. You also make sure that You also made sure that uh, he created a kind of uh, medical dispensary. He created a kind of medical dispensary. During his, during his tenure, he, he made sure he vaccinated over um, 2.5 million uh, children against uh, uh, all these diseases, meningitis, um, polio. He vaccinated them with polio and all these things. So he, he also made sure that a dispensary was created in every village. In every village in Burkina Faso, there's a dispensary that is that was created. He made it compulsory for every local leader in every um, village to make sure that there's a dispensary. So at the end of his tenure, even during his tenure, it, there was about 350 communities in Burkina Faso that built schools with their own labor. You know, he made a kind of sufficiency for Burkina Faso. So the people of Burkina Faso built schools and a lot of things with their own labor. You know, you've seen Thomas Ankara was a very, very free leader. You see him playing, jogging in the morning, you know, sport and all, the, all, the, all these things. As a leader, as an head of state, he, com- he composed the national anthem of Burkina Faso, you know. And a lot of beautiful things that, that, that Thomas Ankara did, he made sure that his, 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 his cabinet people, like his, um, his, his po- po- political appointees, did not make use of first class, you know. If you make use of first class, he told them that if you make use of first class, you make use of business class, the thing is are still going to land in the same place. So why are you wasting the resources of the people, the money of the taxpayers to live a bourgeois lifestyle? You know, he also reduced the salaries of a lot of political workers. Even himself, he reduced the salary, he reduced his own salary. So that is that is to show you the reflection of the of the name of Burkina Faso, the land of the incorruptible. So to show you how upright this man called Tomos Ankaga is. So he's very um, worthy of So thank you for taking us through. I think you've basically given us some of the things that he did while he was in power. Now, let us talk to the... Now, it's first approaching. He's started the immunization. 2.5 million children have been immunized. He has reduced the salaries. He has done away with air conditioners. He has done away with the Mercedes-Benzes. And he's talked about imperialism. So now I want you, in our next uh, stage, you create for us the situation, or rather, what led to his de- to the coup that was against him, which are some of, like, what situations or what did he do that led to a coup or him being killed, and why wasn't there such a spontaneous reaction in Burkina Faso when he is killed? After all, he's the people's president. He's 
the comrade president that all people are looking up to. So what causes that suppression of the anger of the people and now take us now up to when it finally erupts and people start reclaiming the, the image of Sankara in Burkina Faso before we even go now to Africa as a whole on how we can reclaim and relieve the life of Sankara. So I believe that as 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 um, Kwame Nkrumah, the father of Pan-Africanism, as he explained to us explicitly and brilliantly in his book, and the book of Revolutionary Warfare, he said that he said that independence is not a means to an end. In fact, independence is the beginning of the people's revolutionary struggle. You know, when you attain independence, it doesn't mean that you are self-sufficient. You know, independence because you have attained independence doesn't mean you should be relaxed. The imperialist countries, we 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 we, we, we collide with the reactionaries and counter-revolutionaries within your system, and make sure that there is a kind of feeling that will lead to your overthrow. I believe that. The, 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 the death of Stomos Sankara was something that was engineered by the imperialist country and a reactionary that went through his close friend, Blaise Compaoré, and France. So I believe that the major thing that led to his, to, to, to his assassination, you know, was that his anti-imperialist rally. He made sure that the odious debt that France compelled Burkina Faso to pay, he agitated that Burkina Faso is not going to pay this debt. And France knew that if... Um, Thomas Sankara can successfully achieve this, it will inspire all other African countries to do the same. So by so doing, they made sure that they looked for one um, reactionary within, within Burkina Faso and sponsored a coup. So I believe that the major, the major death of Sankara was his anti-imperialist rally, which led to his overthrow by Blaise Compaoré. So I believe that the death of Thomas Ankara is just majorly is anti-imperialist, is majorly anti-imperialist rally. And not so much. So the reason why the people of Burkina Faso were suppressed is because when Blaise um, Compaoré uh, overthrew um, Thomas Ankara in 1987, he made sure that the when when, when um, Blaise Compaoré overthrew uh, Thomas Ankara, the first thing he said was Thomas Ankara spoiled the you know he, he destroyed um, foreign relationships with Burkina Faso, he destroyed relationship with France, you know, that was the things he was saying. You could see, you could see, you could see vivid, vividly that, you know, he was a puppet. You could see vividly that he has been used by the metropolitan, you know, oppressive, capitalist, imperialist country, you know. So you could see that vividly. So the major thing that led to the overthrow of Burkina Faso, of, of Thomas Ankara, was anti-imperialism. And the reason why the people of Burkina Faso were crushed was because um, Blaise Compaoré made use of the military. He made harsh use of the military. You know, he, he suppressed the people. The people had no voice. The people had no voice to speak up. Or not until 2017, not, not in 2014, that there was a Burkina Faso insurrection, that the people were tired of him, and there was there was there was a kind of rebellion that led to his resignation. So, I believe that that's basically you know, what we need to know about you know, the life of um, Tumor Sankaga. Um, now. Thank you for that analysis. But maybe before now we can go because you've rightly told us that it is in 2013, right? 2014. 2014, I guess. 2014, that now the, there was a there was a rebellion against Blaise Compaoré. Now, I request if you can like kindly give us the the an overview of 
Now, what was happening or what happened to the African liberation struggle or the Pan-African struggle post-Sankara? Because now Sankara is not there. He's not preaching against Western imperialism. So that, how, how does that affect, you know, the way the Afri other African leaders relate and anything? Is there somebody who tries to step into the gap? And then as you do that, now you can tell us about how we can relieve Sankara as Africans, as an African people. You know, a week to just, I think a week to the, to the assassination of Thomas Sankara. That's, that, this is what I tell people that Thomas Sankara is not ordinary human. I believe Thomas Sankara is an enigma, you know. I believe he's an enigma and is, some, and is someone who has been immortalized because of his great deeds. You know, just a week to his assassination, he said in an interview, in a speech, he said, why revolutionaries can be assassinated, you cannot kill ideas. Even after the death of Thomas Ankara, we still had some revolutionaries, you know, across the African continent. You know, the liberation struggle of South Africa was blooming, you know, the, the Black Consciousness Movement, you know, the, the Steve Biko, Robert Sobukwe, you know, Mandela, Abatina Sisulu, Wata Sisulu, you know, Charles Laseke, you know, and, and many other freedom fighters, you know, the freedom, the liberation struggle of, 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 of Africa was still blooming, you know, the Frelimo in Mozambique, Samora Machel, the JJ Rollins of Ghana, you know, the AFRC, Armed Forces Revolutionary Council, you know, the liberation struggle was still, you know, was still, was still, was still, was still tough, you know. Even though Sankara has been assassinated, you know, his ideology was still living and it's still resonating with us now, you know. You can't kill Sankara, but you can't kill his ideology, you know. So I believe that his ideology that remains with us is something that has made him immortalized and something that has made me believe that he just, he just left us in flesh. But in spirit and ideology, it resonates with us. So how do I believe that we can achieve a kind of or rejuvenate the kind of ideology that, you know, Thomas Sankara left behind. I believe that the, our current African leaders now are not ideological. The, the leaders that we have now are just old men in Agbada that just want to embezzle money and continue the capitalist structures. Now, the, the leaders that we have now lack the basic ideology to run a government. It is so sad now to see that in all of the countries, all of the African countries that broke away from the colonial yoke, have become a puppet to the, metro, to the metropolitan country. They have continued to operate the colonialist capitalist structure, which was actually a means of their enslavement, and which was something basic that Thomas Ankara fought against. Capitalism, you know. Capitalism is still thriving in Africa, and capitalism is a major ideology that's bound our people to perpetual servitude. So I believe that our, our leaders now do not really understand what leadership is. Our leaders now do not, do not understand what ideology is. Revolution is ideology in action, you know, and our, and our leaders lack this basic ideology. So I believe that to achieve the kind of change of Thomas, that, 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 that Thomas Sankara, you know, achieved, I believe that for a change to happen, a change does not come from the top to the bottom. The only thing that comes from the top to the bottom is reforms. And reforms are only done by the capitalists, who do not want to capitulate because the capitalists will never, will never want to surrender. We never want to um, surrender the power. So they will make reforms, you know, you know, make adjustments, you know, fighting, fi fi fine tune oppression, you know, 
and the host of all those kind of stuff just to make the people comfortable. The people can never be comfortable in the midst of oppression. The people can never be comfortable in the midst of capitalism. The people can never be comfortable when you exploit their, 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 um, their labor and turn it into capital for your own selfish interest. The people can never be comfortable in the midst of degradation, in the midst of exploitation, in the midst of oppression. The African people will never be comfortable with that. And I foresee a working class and peasant revolt. So what I believe is that there's going to be an insurrection, a rebellion that's going to come from the bottom through the organization of the masses of the people. So if the people of Africa can unite, you know, and can look imperialism into the eyes and overhaul the system that, you know, that oppresses and subjugates them, you know, I believe that if we can do this, we are directly rejuvenating the spirits and the ideology of Thomas Sankaga. All we need to do is to just the organization of the masses of the people. This is something that um, Brother Stokely Michael from today said to his last to his last breath. He said, "African people, you are alone. You know, all we need to do is the organization of the masses of the people. We organize organize ourselves around a system. You know, the system was not created in our favor initially. A system capitalism." Is a system that was that, that agree with colonialism. Africans were never capitalist, you know. So I believe that if we can organize ourselves against the system and crush the system and base our government on the on, on the bedrock of scientific socialism, ensure an egalitarian society, ensure, uh, remove inequality, remove oppression, make our society classless, you know, I believe that Africa is going to be a better place for all, you know. We don't want. We don't just. We, don't, we just don't want. You know, the resources of Africa to just be in the hands of the few. Africa is blessed. You know, we have a lot of mineral resources. You go to Congo. Congo is is, is the second biggest producer of. Uh, of uh, what's, the, what's the name of this? Um, uh, uranium or whatever. What, what do you what do you, uh, what do you call it? Coltan. Congo. Exactly. Exactly. So, if we can rejuvenate this, Africa is really going to be a better place. We just need to organize ourselves. We have the resources. We can fight if we can fight imperialism, elect leaders who have socialism and pan-Africanism and black consciousness in their manifesto. We should do away with leaders that have capitalism, you know, or any right-wing nonsense in their manifesto. It's time. It's high time to do away with any right-wing nonsense and embrace leftism. So, uh, in your own definition, now as we approach the close of this short session, I, I'm sure we need more of these, more time to. Uh, to look at this more holistically, but maybe you can give us what, in your own opinion, is the lasting legacy that uh, Thomas Sankara has left to us. What is that legacy that he left to us, and how best can we relieve him now that, as young people, rather, how best can we do that? Because if you look at it now, the people of Burkina Faso are waking up, but we need a, a more conscious uh, waking up around the African around the African continent, because the truth is the things that Sankara was trying to do away with during that time, they are still persisting in Africa and they are actually much more deeper because there are very few people at the higher levels who think like Sankara, who can make a stand and say no, because we even up to this day, we are still talking about women being marginalized, which is something that Sankara was so much against. Up to this day, we are talking about Africans not appreciating their own African fabrics. We are talking about Africans actually uh, still importing food from other countries. That is the reality of the Africa that we have today, that the things that Sankara was trying to do away with, they are still persistent here. 
they are still persistent during this day. So what is his lasting legacy to us and what does it tell us? And what now does the future portray? How can we reimagine the Sankaran future? So I'll, I'll, I'm going to take this question, you know. So let us, let us look at it this way. The major ideology of Sankara was Marxist-Leninism, Pan-Africanism, and Black consciousness. See, the thing is, wherever Sankara is in his grave now, he will really be shaking his head for Africa now, because the Africa that he envisaged is not the African in, in reality now, you know. The leaders that we have now are a disaster, you know, they are a disaster, and I really feel that I, I really I really feel that if the masses do not take their stand and revolt all across the African continent against these oppressive you know political elites that occupy political offices that have you know made it up within their mind to bind us to to bind us to perpetual servitude you know Africa cannot be liberated you know so I believe that Karl Marx said something you know. Karl Marx said, a revolution cannot be successful when the masses have not attained social consciousness. The masses, the African masses now are really ignorant about their roots. So all we need to do to rejuvenate the Sankara's ideology now is to create a kind of, you know, sensitization to, you know, to, to, you know, to allow the African people espouse explicitly this anti-capitalist ideology to espouse explicitly pan-Africanism, to espouse explicitly black consciousness. You know, if you espouse black consciousness, you begin to love yourself. You begin to see that the, the, um, the opposite of, of, of white is not black. You begin to love yourself, love your brothers and sisters. You begin to organize yourself around your action. You know, you begin to understand that your black skin is not a badge of shame but a badge of national, national, uh, national greatness. So if you can espouse these three ideologies, you know, I believe that Africa is going to be in a better place in a few years to come. So Kwame Nkrumah also told us something. He said, when an awakened intelligentsia rises up from a subject people, it becomes the vanguard you know, of the resistance of an alien rule. So I believe that the intelligentsia just need to rally around, you know, create... A kind of serene revolutionary environment, you know, to like sensitize the people, you know, you know, and bring the revolutionary songs to the peasants and the working classes. So now the the, the intelligentsia should unite and bring the revolutionary song to the unconscious. So all we are, all we have to do now is the conscious people need to make the unconscious conscious, and that is something that I have devoted my time to do, you know, as a political analyst and as a political activist. So anybody I meet with, I have taken some kind of lectures with a lot of people, you know, to make them espouse black consciousness, pan-Africanism, scientific socialism, and other ideologies which are on the left-hand side. So I believe that if we can, you know, espouse these basic ideologies, these are the ideologies that are fundamental for the total liberation of Africa and the total conquest of imperialism and neocolonialism. So if you can do all these things, you know, the future as you know a very bright thing awaiting us so um thank you for that i think that is a very very good place to leave it especially when we are talking about sankara that we have to take not only action in our hands but also make sure that we organize the masses as you said we need to make sure that the conscious the unconscious know that they are 
conscious and I think we can leave it at that for today because I feel that we have not yet done justice to the topic or the man that is Thomas Sankara, but the only thing that we can say that about him, apart from him being the African Che Guevara, is that he helped us reimagine a, a new continent, and that is why we say that he is indeed the African giant. Exactly. Thomas Sankara is indeed the African giant, as she said. It's indeed the African giant. All we have now is, you know, the puppeteers, you know, you know, uh, 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 invading Africa in the means of AIDS, you know, oppressing and exploiting our resources and cutting them away to the metropolis through the puppets that we have occupying political offices around the African continent. So we have just a, a few revolutionaries and a few, you know, ideological leaders occupying political posts in, in the African continent now. So if we can, you know, liberate ourselves, you know, as Steve Biko said, he said, mental emancipation precedes any form of political revolution. You know, if the masses of the people of the African continent can espouse black consciousness, as I have said, can liberate themselves mentally, you know, and break the yoke of mental servitude, I believe that if we can have a woke, you know, masses of Africa, there's going to be a very strong rebellion, you know, as Nkrumah even said, Nkrumah said that the white colonialist capitalist structure began to crumble when the masses began to feel that black is not better than white. When the masses begin, began to feel that there's no, there's no, there's not, nothing differentiates a white man, nothing makes a white man better than a black man. So that's black consciousness in context. So if we can espouse this ideology, I believe that all capitalist structures across the African continent, all oppressive structures across, across the African continent will begin to crumble and we, we, we rejuvenate the ideology of Thomas Ankara, Pan-Africanism and scientific socialism. Um, I think that is the best place where we can leave that for today and we shall continue these discussions on this podcast. Your guest was none other than Aina Ademola from Nigeria and I am your host, Kamau Njorobia. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me.